0: We're back, the Neil Haley Show, in the Total Celebrity segment, and I'm excited to welcome the program. We all know him from happy days. Anson Williams. Anson, thanks for calling. And uh, you have two interesting things to talk about. And uh, one is just a medical breakthrough. I mean, to talk about, and then you wanted to talk about specifically a law You know, drowsy driving, that's your your huge mission, Anson. And I remember we were chatting about this last time you were on the show, and it's such a passion of yours. Why is that?
1: Well, one, I almost killed myself years ago by uh, falling asleep at the wheel. And my uncle is Dr. Heimlich, who created the Heimlich Maneuver. And he's actually my second cousin, but I've called him uncle since I was born. (laughs) And he had a good friend and a big inspiration uh, for me. And uh, I told him about my situation. And he said, Anson, cut up lemon, leave him in the car, and explain that when I get tired to just bite into it. He said, on the top of your tongue is the lingual nerve. He said the citric acid and the sour lemon will hit the lingual nerve. The body reaction is an automatic reflex reaction of adrenaline. And you'll be instantly awake, instantly alert, nothing in your system, your own body waking the body. So I did that for years, and then during that time, I went into the product business—not uh, only entertainment, but I would, with my business partner, we developed problem-solving products. And a few years ago, we we're researching drowsy driving, and this is this is a catastrophic problem in this country. This is on the order, this is on the, it's up there with guns, yeah, drunk driving, or medicated. Driving. In fact, there's more deaths and crashes uh, with drowsy driving than medicated and drunk driving combined. Um, They did a research, the National Sleep Foundation did did some research in 2012. They found 168 million drowsy drivers. One out of five admitted to falling asleep over one out of five accidents, $12 billion in damage, more fatalities than drunk driving and and medicated driving combined. I mean, just horrific. So I called Dr. Heimlich. I said, uh, I think would this help people, Hank? I said, what if we got a spray drop, and put in the right amount of citric acid, the right amount of sour lemon water, and what if we just spray the top of the tongue and get the lingual nerve? He said, Anson, my God, he said, absolutely do it. It will not only work better, Mm, it will save more lives for Hyman's maneuver. Do it. So we did. We created this very simple product called, as simple as the Hyman's maneuver, very simple product called Alert Drops. No caffeine, no stimulants. It's just, it's sour lemon, it's the right amount of citric acid, it's water, a little preservative, you hit the top of your tongue, you are up, you are alert, and you're life safe. Nothing in your system. All because of Dr. Heimlich's understanding of the sensory connection of tongue and brain. And if people go to alertdrops.com, that's alertdrops.com, they can read about the problem of algae driving, they can read the science behind this, very old science, right. they can read, they can get the alertdrops.com, they can read testimonials, but more importantly, We now, because of Dr. Heimlich's brilliance, we can say families are being torn apart. We can make sure college kids come home, fathers come home, mothers come home. This is something we can cure so simply.
0: See, and I think that's that's fantastic. And uh, you were talking about specifically enough drowsy driving. I want to bring that up. I remember the days when I was a professional wrestler, Anson, and I would be traveling all the way to Omaha, Nebraska, and back. I'd have to drink so many different caffeine drinks or anything to keep me up. And I remember days where it's so sunny out, and you're like, oh, do I really have to do this two-and-a-half-hour drive? And you catch yourself drowsing. Is there going to be a law soon on this? Yep. I mean, look at the drunk driving. There's a law that definitely when you're under the influence of a- of drugs, there's a law. Is there soon going to be a law about drowsy driving?
1: Well, New Jersey just put in the law. Believe it or not, they just passed it. There in New Jersey. And there's one other state in the south, I don't remember which state it is, but the one thing about drowsy driving is it's hard to prove unless you admit it because there's no blood test. You know, there's you know, it's very hard. So people have to admit it. But even with all these research tests, you know, with the $168 whatever, you know there's more. Um, so hopefully people will use their good sense and their good character and, you know, and go to alertjobs.com or keep cut-up lemons in their car and take responsibility to stop the problem.
0: Well, something else you're really excited about, and I'm excited about it as well, is your book, Happy Days. And so talk about your memoir, Singing to a Bulldog. And this talks about so, <laughs> and, and how it's your memoir of your career, singing, happy days. Tell us how long that took to write that book, especially with you busy as an entrepreneur, and tell us what we should expect in the book. Well,
1: it's interesting. You know, the title came from um, the first time I was able to sing on Happy Days. Um, you know, back then, you didn't make the money you made now. And um, uh, so I'm thinking, there's got to be opportunity here. And I realized we didn't have music on the show. So I convinced Gary Marshall put a, to try out a band on the show. And he said, you know, he says, I like the idea. He says I don't have time to hear you sing, but I assume you're good. I'm going to put a band on the show, but you're going to sing to a bulldog. This way, if you're good, I get laughed. If you're bad, I get laughed. You're singing to a bulldog. So... There I am on national television singing I'm All Shook Up to a Bulldog. But it worked well, and that, that moment really changed my life in the entertainment business. It got me a record contract. I was able to sing more on the show. I was able to book myself in concerts and do better financially. But um, So I thought it was a good title, a can-do title for, for the book. But really the book is, is paying forward an important man in my life by the name of Willie Turner, who is my janitorial boss. When I was in high school, I was a part-time janitor.
0: Oh, wow, okay. And he
1: was, he was an African-American gentleman, uneducated, um, and, uh, but he was a prophet. And he called his janitorial room the talk room. And he helped me. During the time I worked there, his life lessons that he talked about and, and, and um, made, helped me find myself. Because of Willie Turner, I found out what I was good at. I, he brought confidence in me. If it wasn't for that man taking the time to care about me in the talk room, I wouldn't be talking to you today. I would be nowhere. So it's really paying forward Willie's life lessons, uh, the book, so, so other people can have a chance to experience what I experienced in the, in the talk room.
0: Now, think of the things you accomplished, Anson. Happy days, your singing career, but then a continued acting career. Some people might not know you were in a lot of big things after happy days. And that's in the book as well, right? And then the entrepreneurial what? ventures as well.
1: Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, well, I did, but all that was, but everything goes, but every story. I mean, I have a story in there kidnapped by the president of the United States. Kidnapped literally by the president of the United States daughter true story. Oh, geez. Meeting up was personally in a parking lot in Monroe, Louisiana. True story. Spending the day with John Lennon, true story. Wow. I mean, Forrest Gump stories. But all the stories go back to the talk room, and there's a bigger story to the story. So, there's something more that I think maybe will inspire people's own lives. So, um, it's, it's all these Forrest Gump stories, and I, I, read, I, I go back and read it, and I think, how the heck did I get there? You know, <laughs> But, um, So it's entertaining, at the same time, hopefully, it's it's inspiring for for individual lives of the people that read it.
0: And you talked about that one mentor, but Gary Marshall's another one of your mentors. You talked about that when I interviewed you last time on the show, and Gary really kind of drove you and drove lots of the cast to be successful after Happy Days, and I think that's one of the big things that he did. Oh, yeah, I mean, everybody's still in the
1: business because of Gary. I mean, Gary cared about us. We weren't just actors. Right from the beginning, he said, guys, you know, take, don't, don't worry about your dress dressage. Don't worry about the wallpaper. Worry about educating yourself. He said, we're on a paramount lot. There's so much to learn. And he inspired us to get behind the camera, to learn about everything we could about the business. He opened up the door for me directorially on the lot. I was able to watch John Schlesinger direct David Locus, Polanski directing Chinatown wow. on the back lot. I watched the Greek musical numbers being shot. I mean, that's I who I learned from because Gary opened the door for me and everybody else. So when Happy Days was over, we all had other careers because of Gary Marshall's inspiration. For him Caring about us to educate ourselves. That's and great. use these 10 and a half years productively. And uh, because of Gary, you know, we're still involved in the entertainment business.
0: That's fantastic. Best place we can uh, learn more about all of your projects, Anson, where can we go? Where's the best place?
1: Well, basically, basically, I really want people to go to alertdrops.com. Mm-hmm. That's alertdrops.com. Because nothing more, is more important to me than saving families from being torn apart. And it's in honor of Dr. Heinleck who passed away last December. I promised him. I promised him that we would get Alert Drops out because he knew it would save more lives than the Heinleck maneuver. So really, that's paramount to me. You know, if I can, can help one person out there stop. Uh, from uh, getting into a, 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 an unnecessary tragic situation. That means everything. So go to alertjobs.com, save your family's life, save your friend's life, and spread the word.
0: All right, fantastic. And everyone needs to pick up your book in all finer bookstores as well, Anson. Thanks for calling, and best of luck.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Take care. Bye. Thank, bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a Thank moment. You. We're back to the Neil Haley show on the Total Celebrity segment. And when I talk about this show, And I've had a lot of uh, the participants on the show, two of them, uh, and I really, really love Happy Days. But when you talk about the most iconic figure, you have to talk about Marion Ross or Mrs. C. So I'm excited to welcome the program. Marion Ross, you're the author of My Days, Happy and Otherwise. Marion, thanks for calling. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm so well. Isn't that nice?
0: Hey, it's great. You were just because telling me
2: grown up
0: now. Yeah. But your voice hasn't changed. You definitely sound like the person that we've watched for so many years. I have talked to, <laughs> to, to, to a few people from Happy Days and when they told me what they learned from being on the show that they took the rest of their lives. Do you have a story as well, Marion, how that experience on Happy Days shaped the rest of your life in certain ways?
2: Well, it certainly set us up financially, didn't it? And then now we were known everywhere, everywhere we went. And we also learned, we learned to to act to work together. You know, you really learned. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful experience to work so closely every day with the same actors because they were a family. We were a family, and you learn to give and take. You know.
0: Are you blown away the success of a lot of them after Happy Days in certain ways where they moved on to and how they, you know, really did well for themselves?
2: I think, I think everybody's handled themselves very well. Our poor Erin was the only, you know, she was our tragedy, but everybody else has led their life very well. Isn't that nice? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And now it took you some time, Marion, to write your memoir. Why did you write the memoir?
2: Well, I certainly didn't want to do it, but my son brought this fellow David Laurel, to my house. He said, "We're gonna, you're gonna write your, your book, mother." I said, "No, no, 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 I'm not." So but they tied me up to a chair, you know, and the next thing I know, we're doing this thing. But in, do you know who my son is? My son is an actor, really? and he in in a commercial for Geico, he plays George Washington being dragged across
0: the freeway on his boat. Have you seen that commercial? Yes, I have. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that's my son, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So why did he want you to tell the story? If he dragged you, he kind of dragged you on on a boat to write your book in certain ways. So what made you, uh, because he said, you're going to write this, Mom. So what made you want to, I mean, the process of writing this after he, he, what was his whole reasoning for you finally to write a memoir?
2: Well, it it was easy because David Laurel came to the house and he would record me, okay. get me talking, yes. you know, and then he would record it. Now, that's a very good way to write a book, isn't it? You know, I was not about to go by myself and I don't know how to type, you know, so, so I can't do that. So if you want to write your book, you get, you get a, a writer to make you talk and then he'll write it down.
0: Hey, that's the best thing. I agree. I would not. I, whenever I do write my memoir, it's going to have to be Marion where I, literally I'm recording it and someone's writing it afterwards because I couldn't just sit down like those good, good those, for those, you. Uh, those authors, Marion. Are you
2: alone when you're recording it?
0: I have not started that yet, but I want to. Yes. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I, because
2: I, I need an audience. <laughs> I have to have an audience
0: <laughs> to ask the right Keep question and to ask the right questions, right? about your your memoir meaning like to kind of lead those chapters and get you to share and tell stories that's what it sounds like the whole book is about stories of your life yes because you
2: know we're all full of stories and um we tell them many many times to our friends and families so to get them written down i'm awfully happy that i have the book the book is doing very nicely isn't that nice
0: Oh, I'm, that's got to make you really feel good. And then when it finally comes off, the sh- you finally see it in the shelves and different places. So why the title ha- happy and otherwise bringing it up? The, what was the reason for that title?
2: Because otherwise, yes, you know, I got divorced. And uh, so that was a very tough period for me from 40 to 50. It was tough for me. And uh, also, uh, Tom Bosley was tough on me because he wasn't, he wasn't keen on having me playing his wife. He wanted somebody more important, I think. So, so that was hard on me. But it's all worked out. It all worked out. And I, I called my house Happy Days Farm here. And, uh, and I have everything. Isn't that nice? I have everything.
0: Exactly. So why did Tom not want you to be his wife, TV wife? What's the reasoning?
2: Well, you know, he had come from Broadway, and he had won the Tony on Broadway for Fiorello, the music Fiorello, and I don't know. Um, so just something about me. It took a long it took a long time for for him to uh, really like me. You know? I don't know. Because Tom is a really... He was a, a really nice man, a very good man. So with something... Something, something I did, I don't know. So, I, but I tell people that, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind.
0: You know. So Life After Happy Days, kind of tell us what you did, Marion, and, and you're doing now. I think that's a very, because again, everyone needs to definitely pick up your book. But Well, I yeah. am
2: retired now, but you know, I did a series called Brooklyn Bridge, where I played a Jewish-Polish grandmother for CBS, for Gary Goldberg, who did Family Ties. Okay. And I loved that role. I played Drew Carey's mother on his series. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never stopped working. Isn't that nice?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you like doing those guest appearances before you're retired, right? Getting those awesome opportunities to guest star or have a longer uh, appearance. Did you think you were typecast in certain ways? Yes, it was I just a... kept,
2: and then I would always go off and do plays. Oh, really? You
0: know? Yeah. And I saw SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I never would have thought that you were a voice for that. I never knew that. So these are the interesting. No, things. Yeah. they
2: asked me to do that, and I had never done that before. So um, I find out that that's a very, very important little little job that I had.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like it for sure. It's, it's it's cute, and you got to experience a lot of things not after Happy Days and in your acting career, where you did a lot of those things. And I think that's what you reminisce from your memoir is that you really got to live a, a, a very exciting life in the entertainment business?
2: I, I, I was involved in many wonderful movies. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Noel Coward. Many people in the theater have. He was an English, very, very famous English actor. So I... I did at CBS Live we did his play Live Spirit with Claudette Colbert, Lauren Bacall, Noel Coward himself. But that was a wonderful experience for me. And uh, I I've I've played in my book you'll see I have a picture with Cary Grant oh and one with gosh. with uh, Wow. You know.
0: It's tremendous. Uh, it's, I'm with
2: everybody. You know? and,
0: and, and absolutely, Marion. And what's your ultimate goal for the book? What do you want people to learn from your, your life?
2: Oh, I just, I just want to have fun with it. I have, I have no great plans, you know. It's, it's wonderful to have it. And um, I will end up with a few in my closet, won't I? It'll be so nice. So it's just it's just fun, and I'm now doing a lot of book signings, and people all line up, and, and uh, it's fun, and I meet them. So I'm just having a good time with everything that I do.
0: So where are you doing your book signings? What area are you just staying in? Your area? Where are you? Where do you live? That's an interesting thing. Well,
2: I just came back from San Francisco, and then I was I you know where I was I was in uh, in Missouri near Branson. And that was wonderful. and there was there was like about 300 people came. it was It was really nice. So I've been to New York City and to New Jersey, and it's just and to the Globe Theatre in San Diego. They had a big event, and uh, I just have a good time.
0: All right, so we can definitely purchase your book in all finer bookstores, and especially available on Amazon. My days happy and otherwise. And uh, another question for you, Marion, uh, is uh, can we connect with you anywhere? Are you on social media? We're talking about you know, you know, you're not able to travel to Pittsburgh to do the book signing, uh, but are you uh, are you on social media that people can connect with you and ask questions and stuff? Not really,
2: not really, <laughs> because I'm not. It's not my generation, all that. I don't like all that. I don't know how to do that. But I have an assistant who comes every day, and she gets things, you know. So... I don't, I
0: don't know. <laughs> it's cool, because guess what? People will Google you, wiki you, find you everywhere. And so many people have, and it's great to know how many fans you have, Marion, especially with the book and how they're coming out and telling you the stories that they learned from Happy Days. So I appreciate you coming on, Mary. Yeah, it's so fun. And thanks for coming on the show. Right. Best of and luck I, with I'm, the book. I'm, yeah. Good, Thank you
2: so much, my darling.
0: Take care. See you later. Bye. you listen to Neil Haley's show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show's ProVision Brokerage Celebrity Segment. We Sunday. welcome to the program. First of all, Eric Couch. Eric, how are you? And we're in, we see you're in your office, but yeah. you are a huge fan of show. I'm a the huge show. fan. A huge yes. fan. Everyone's a huge fan. I saw the last thing they talked about when they were covering certain things, talking about happy days in, um, on TV lately. So it's like, you know, he's always plastered everywhere this guest. So go ahead and introduce him.
3: Well, I'm a fan on Sundays, Mondays, really (laughs) any happy day, right? Uh, Today we've got Don Most, also known as Ralph Mouth, you know, loves to talk and we got a smiler here and we're going to have a blast and just a great conversation. Absolutely, Eric. Don, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. That's good to be with both of you. Thank you. Yeah. And Don,
0: Don and I are starting to develop this friendship, right? Trying to have different theme based shows. Eric really takes it towards the family in this theme when he co-hosts with me and he'll ask some really interesting questions about legacy and and motivation and everything. And his business is all based on that. And as I said, you guys are both performers. He was a, you're a
3: music major, right, Eric? In college? Eric. I was uh, in college. I was vocal performance major and singing and dancing in theater and uh and then I grew up. My you know, my dad and granddad were both college football players and baseball. And uh, I figured I would do the same. And then I I took a turn and, and went in music and singing and being in shows and just loved it. Met my bride and we just celebrated 20 years and somehow along the way got into uh insurance and, and doing retirement planning and you know, but yeah. All kinds of fun stuff.
0: All right. I know you have a first question you want to ask Don. Well,
3: yeah. So, I mean, tell me, tell me about happy days. Like there, there's a million questions, but how did you get into that? How did that start off?
4: Well, I, you know, I grew up in, in Brooklyn, New York. And from a very young age, I, I started pursuing, uh, the acting, singing kind of thing. I was going to, a School on on. I was going to regular, you know, junior high, and and um, high school. But I went on the weekends. I would go into Manhattan to take the subway to a school that specialized with young teenagers and kids for singing and acting and dancing, that sort of thing. Yeah. And um and so I I was really into it, especially music. I loved the Great American Songbook even at that age, and j- jazz and and the jazz standards. And I actually wound up getting a pick from that school to be in this nightclub review when I was 14, 15 years old. And Uh I was singing during that summer up in the Catskill Mountains, a resort area upstate New York that had a lot of entertainment, all these hotels with nightclubs. So I was doing that when I was like 14, 15 one summer. And then I shifted my focus into acting, uh, much more into a serious acting class in New York after that summer and started getting through that, through that school. I met a woman who became my manager and started going out on a lot of auditions and uh, doing a lot of TV commercials in New York. It was, that was a big, it still is in New York and um, uh, LA after my junior year in college, I was supposed to just go for the summer. Uh, But I started making some connections and, and going on auditions and getting some parts. And, and I wound up staying in L.A. I didn't go back for my senior year. I figured, it'd take some time off. And then um, eventually, it led, I got landed some more parts and then it led to me auditioning uh, for Happy Days. Uh, a slew of auditions and then a screen yeah. test. And, and then after the screen test, um, you know, they, I got offered uh, a role. So uh, that's how that happened, uh, in, in a nutshell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, and you were there for all 11 seasons, right? Like, that? Nope. weren't there 11 seasons of it? Yeah, but I
4: was only there the first seven. The first Ron, seven? Yeah, Ron Howard and I left after the seventh season. Our contracts were up, and uh, for various reasons, he, he wanted to really pursue directing, and, and um, yeah. I I felt it was I'd been playing this one character for seven seasons and and I wasn't really like the character to begin with. And yeah. I, I, I didn't want to get stuck, you know, uh sort of in that role because type testing right. was a very real kind of a syndrome. More yeah. so back back then when there were only three networks. There was yeah. no it was no Netflix, there was no cable, yeah. there was no, no internet. So, you know, so it was a more you were more prone to getting associated with a character uh as opposed to today where there's so many different shows and you know right you don't have you don't have 50 million people watching you every tuesday night like we did you might yeah. a big show now will have five million people you know
0: yeah that that's the interesting thing you talk about so many people watching i couldn't imagine mm-hmm. that especially that time there's not many choices right don at all at that time yeah for
3: Well, and you you just, you know, there's so many, you're absolutely top casting because, I mean, the reality is when I, when I heard your name, I immediately went to Ralph
4: Mouth. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been doing a lot of other things, you know, over the years. And of course, people are still going to remember me from happy days, but uh, a lot of new things been happening. A lot of really good things, films, films, and some, and television and theater and my music. So, um you know it's gonna it's changing it's it's opening up in in new ways now which is
3: great yeah so what was what was your uh you know we'll we'll jump to some stuff but you know we've got to obviously cover you know happy day so was there uh, was there a favorite moment or a favorite character or story, you know, or something that happened behind the scenes that you still think back to and laugh and just, you know, I'm, some of the memories like, from back then?
4: There were so many, you know, there, there's so many wonderful memories. And there's not like one thing that stands out for me. What what really stands out for me is, you know, how great we all got along, yeah. wh- how we loved working together and and all the g- conversations we would have you know, in between setups, in between, uh, during, you know, uh, before we would shoot, uh, in between shooting, um, the camaraderie, the family type atmosphere that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I really remember and have such fun. I, I have great memories of of shooting episodes too, but, but, but it was so, um, enriched with, with that other element, which was great. And, and, um, And wonderful collaboration—a very vibrant, creative, uh, you know, collaborative energy
0: that was that was there on the set. And then, when you talked about all those different characters, what about the Fawns? What do you think of when you think of the Fawns, especially work with them, but also just the the gimmick, the the character in so many ways?
4: Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't call say use gimmick in, in describing in describing that at all. I I mean Henry was a is was and is a wonderful actor serious actor you know yeah. w- who went to the yale drama school for his masters and and um was nothing like that character but it was beautiful uh, a genius kind of inspiration on his part to how he created that character and i saw it evolve i saw it in real time evolve and it was just brilliant stuff that he did to create that i mean it be- it became more gimmicky later on but that was, I, I think, that was more of a result of, sort of, the network um, going to the well too often, saying, uh, "Oh, give us more of that," you know. Oh, it was great when right. he snapped his fingers, and so then they start, you know, they were like asking for more and more, and and it became a little bit ridiculous, you know. Uh, then it became more gimmicky, but yeah. that was a result of of them. You know, thinking, oh, that works. So let's do it more and bigger. You know, and sometimes that's not a good idea.
3: Yeah, not well, at all. Yeah. Hey, keep it, keep it chill. Um, which was, which was the whole persona, right? Building these, building these larger than life personalities. As, as you've got the cool funds, and then you've got Ralph. That's just fun. Like your character was just fun. Anytime you were around, we're gonna be smiling. We're gonna be laughing. Um, and it's just, Hopefully, you know, yeah. everybody brought, but what's wild is, you know, I mean, how long has Happy Days been off the air? Well, you know, it's
4: never really been off in terms of the original, right. uh, the original programming. Uh, the, the last season for them was 1984, I believe. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's a long time ago, 84. So 15
3: to, what was that? 35 years ago or something like that. 35 years. And yet my kids love watching happy days, right? When they were great. kids and, you know, when they were, when they were children and, and just looking for something that was, that was family friendly, that was funny. Right. Um, yeah. you know, because we have to be so careful with what we allow our kids, uh, to see these days and yeah. but we can go back to happy days and shows like that. And we know that it's totally fine and our kids are going to watch it and love it. And, of course, you know they with mine. It was "Fathers Knows Best" and then the Andy Griffith Show, and but then they get into to Happy Days, and it's like, man, I don't ever have to worry about if they're watching a show that that something's going to pop up that I'm going to have to explain later, right? Right.
4: Yeah, um, it's true. I mean, we have when I've gone around the country for sometimes, you know, uh, personal appearances or different events and sh- uh, shows. That's one of the, the biggest comments I get is. people and parents will say, you know, it was a show that we could watch with a family and there aren't too many like that. And, 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 you know, it was all these different generations that would be, it would be parents with their kids or their grandparents as well, watching it with them and that they could share it as a family. And, um, they, and they said, we loved that about it and we wish there were more shows like that. And, And, um, so Yes, we're, we were very proud of, of that. More so now, probably when I was in my 20s, I don't know if I appreciated that as much or understood how, the importance of that as much. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, I, I, I get it. I really see that and, and it, see how, how much that meant to people.
0: Yeah. And the whole and Who visionary thing of the show, such a big part of it, and, uh, it's, it's just the the characters, all that stuff, Eric, is what really makes, uh, you know, the show what it is. And Don, that's the thing, what I was talking about before, is how, what you learned from that family, from everyone, every one of the characters, every one of your cast, you learn so much from each one of them that you take today, right? right? And so much, wouldn't you say? Um... Well, I I certainly learned from the people I worked with.
4: Absolutely, yeah. I mean it was, yeah. an incre- it was an incredible cast, and and behind the scene, you know, our producer, our, our, the the creator of the show and exec producer Gary Marshall, yeah. who was a he was a comic genius, and and uh, getting to, to be up close and person, you know, working intimately with, with him and our and our director Jerry Parrish, who was fantastic. He had done all the, he had, he had directed uh, most of the old Dick Van Dyke shows and, and he yeah. played the next door neighbor, Jerry Helper. And he, he was like, uh, they were both real mentors to us. Um, and then, but then, you know, me here, I am working with Ron Howard, who I grew up with, you know, watching him on Andy Griffith's show and movies and all th- uh, kinds of stuff. And, and, and Tom Bosley, who I'd seen in movies and knew, you know, he won the Tony on Broadway for Fiorello. And, um, and then, and then meeting Henry and Anson and getting to, and, and Marion um, and Aaron, it was an amazing cast. So, yeah, I, I used to stick around, like, I remember, especially in the first season, uh, you know, we were not always shooting in front of an audience. The first two years, we shot it like a movie, the first two seasons. So, um, you know, you'd shoot a scene and then maybe you wouldn't be in the, in the scene for another several hours, then you'd be in another scene. And maybe I'd be mm-hmm. done for the day and it would be early. Well, I used to stick around and just watch Very because well, yeah. you know I, I, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to watch Tom and Marion and Ron and, and, you know, in their scenes. And then I'd want to watch Anson and, Hen- and Ron or Henry in, in their scenes. Uh, so I, in, I remember Tom would look up at me and see me he knew I was done for the day and he'd see me sitting off to the side watching and he goes, what are you doing? Go home. You're done. You know, you're done. I'm going, I don't want to go home. I want to watch. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's fun. So and it was fun. And, but I, I was really, you know, definitely absorbing, taking it all in and, and, you know, learning about the process too. Cause I had done some guest roles on TV before that and a lot of commercials, but this was, this was a different kind of thing. And, and, and I, I, I I was, you know, wanted to take it all in. I loved being there and 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 being a part of it, even as an observer.
3: Right. So, so question, you know, the people, the people want to know, uh, does Ralph the mouth still got it?
4: <laughs> well, I, I'll go by what other people tell me, and um, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, affirmations of that lately. You know, with people see, they're
0: seeing, because um, I'll be posting on Facebook and. We're going to have a great part two of this interview. Part one was phenomenal. Don, I mean, just to hear about his just experiences with the happy days. But I know you have some new things you want to talk to him in part two when we we go ahead and schedule that interview because you did some research finding out about some of his entrepreneurship and some of the other Mm -hmm. things that you want to delve into, a legacy question. But where can people find information on you and find out more info on you? Where can we go?
3: Well, you know, there's a handful of places we can go. Our company website is provisionbrokerage.com. P-R-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-B-R-O-K-E-R-A-G-E.com. Or you can go to, uh, facebook.com slash Eric couch. And you'll see a picture of me E-R-I-C-C-O-U-C-H. Uh, just like the furniture. I think that's how Billy Madison passed the third grade is fell on couch. So, um, yeah, you find me online and, and love chatting. And you're going to be traveling again soon, right?
0: A little bit of a trip. You're making another little trip.
3: Well, we just, we just had our 20th wedding anniversary and went to Yellowstone and, and Tetons and all of that and had an absolute blast. It's been closed all summer. The animals were everywhere. We saw grizzlies and, and uh, elk and moose and bison and all of the, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, And then later next month, I'll be speaking at AT&T um, just about communication and, and retirement planning and some things like that. Uh, and then a handful of other speaking engagements throughout the year. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, everyone needs to check you out. Look
0: forward to our next big celebrity interview. You can check them out in all the different places, it's available all over the place. And uh, look forward to launching the podcast as well with all of our great interviews we've done so far uh, regarding just that legacy and some of the guests yeah. that have told us the legacy. So I appreciate it. Legacy
3: and influence. Absolutely. I love
0: it. And that's the important things. If you're truly living yes. a life that is purpose driven, it needs to be legacy and influence in so many ways that's to, right. to get reach the most people. So take care, Eric.
3: Thanks, Neil. All
0: right. Bye-bye. You Bye. listen to Neil Haley show. And we'll be back in just a moment. Hi everyone. And welcome to the Neil Haley show. You can check me out on Twitter at total tutor and dot And I remember watching, uh, this guy, for so many years, from uh, episodes at the, the uh, when I was a child to a continued episodes. so I'm excited to welcome to the program, Donnie Most. We all know him as Ralph Mouth on Happy Days. Donnie, thanks for calling. How are you?
5: Well, I'm good, thanks. Thank you, and thanks for having me, Neil.
0: Absolute Donnie. Tell us the story of basically how you got the role on Happy Days. Tell us about that
5: yeah well um i I grew up in New York and uh been pursuing i started out uh, actually singing before I was acting, and then I started getting into uh, you got the acting bug when I was about uh, big time when I was about sixteen and so i i was going out on i was able to get uh agent and manager and started getting auditions and I started doing a lot of t v commercials while I was in high school and then continuing through college and, um, doing theater and college and, 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 um, went out to California after my junior year, originally just for the summer. Um, and, and I started getting some work pretty quickly. And, uh, so made the decision after the summer, uh, to, at my agent's advice to take six months off from school and not go back since I had some okay. momentum, And, um, and, you know, the season was getting real busy and see what would happen. So I, I'd stayed out in LA and, and, uh, got some more work. And then I went a period of time with nothing for like months. And I said, "Uh Oh, I made a bad decision. And, uh, but then, uh, happy days audition came up and, and, and I had several callbacks and then eventually a screen test. And, uh, and that led to me getting, you know, offered, uh, a role that I didn't even, originally I tried out for the role of potsy but uh, they, they then decided uh, they, they wanted to cast me in a, a, you know, they gave the role to Anson, but uh, the executives liked my screen test and, and decided they should make me a regular character as well. So there was a small role in the pilot of a guy named Ralph, and okay. they said, we'll build that role up and uh, he could be a regular. So that's how that happened.
0: Very interesting. What would you say was your fondest memory of the years being on Happy Days?
5: You know, people ask me that and it's it's really hard to single out one single event, but you know, my the, the memories that I, that I really remember are the camaraderie that we had and and it, some of the uh and, and the way we collaborated on 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 the professional side, uh some of the sessions that we used to have with the writers and And after a run through and we'd be discussing, you know, we'd be getting notes from people, you know, like Gary Marshall and and the writers and our director, Jerry Paris. And then all of us working together to try to make uh, to to solve problems, make things better, funnier. And, um, And and some of the back, you know, sort of the backstage conversations that we all had. Those are the things that I remember the most.
0: Usually shows last long when they when the cast works together and likes each other. That's usually what happens, and they and you have talented people around you for sure.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean we we had a great great group of people, and we did get along incredibly well, and and we had respect for each other for for the work. We we took it seriously. We had a great time, but we worked really hard at it. But yes, you know the fact that we had all got along so well. Um, and having that great chemistry really was a big factor for the show's success.
0: So you started as a musician, Donnie, and then you you went back yeah. to your passion after, or kept continued to act. But you, this is your passion, music, isn't it? It sounds like it to me.
5: Yeah, yeah, it 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 was interesting. I always knew that at some point um, I would you go back to the music. Not that I'd ever want to give up acting and. Or directing, which I've done, but but that I would go back to the music in in a s- significant way at some point, and I don't know why it took why I waited quite as long as I did, but I think it had to do with the fact that the music that I loved my whole life um, was you know were were the great songs of the American Songbook and mm-hmm. the stand the jazz standards, and it was hard to do that kind of music um, when I was younger in the '70s and '80s because it was kind of looked upon as old fashioned during that period and but now you know there's been such a resurgence in the last i'd say 15 20 years um of of that music that i knew this was a much better time for for me to pursue it again so i think that was a big factor and 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 i'm loving i'm loving the fact that i can do this music and that there's a you know there's an audience for it and and a growing audience for it and and not only the people from my generation, but younger people have discovered this music and really love it. So um, that's exciting to me, and 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 um, I love uh, exposing it to people who haven't, who aren't as familiar with it. And of course, the people who are, that's great to, to see their enjoyment of it. And 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 I love it so much. So it's 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 a it's a great situation right now.
0: So you think of swing and big bang uh big band, and you say to yourself that I see dancing as becoming such a popular genre now of just older styles and different styles people just love to dance and so how d- how give us a describe your c d for us uh launch d most mostly swinging and explain how yeah. how it works yeah. how how it goes yeah yeah
5: well um when we decided uh I, I met a guy uh, named Willie Murillo um, originally because um, he was a he's a great trumpet player as well as an arranger. And, and he played for me in one of my live gigs. And then I, I got to know him a little and I started hearing some of the stuff he arranged. And and I was really impressed because arrangements are so important to me. And um, and I knew this guy was uh, what, he written some of the best I'd heard. So we started talking about doing a CD and then it was like, okay, what songs are we going to do? And, and what are the style and the arrangements? And, and that became a real labor of love because I see that he had the same kind of sensibilities as me. And we love that, the excitement of a big band sound when, when, when it really swings and, and it has the, the sort of integrity and essence of the older, you know, of the original uh, songs and some of the big band stuff, but yet with a modern today's kind of voicings, if you will. And so the combination makes it, 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 it has the, well, all the great things about it that it had, but, but, but you know, it's a, a little bit more fresh and, and and more, even more exciting than than I think it was back then, because of, of the you know evolution of music. So so it's a great sound, and people when they hear it, they they can't help but want to dance. As you talk about, I mean, it when we do it live. People at their tables literally get up and just stand around and start dancing because the music is that infectious, and and you know, and those lyrics of these of these old songs were were uh so wonderful and unique and and funny and sophisticated and witty and and at times incredibly poignant you know on some of the great great ballads so so people love you know you can't help no matter what music you like you can't help but uh getting caught up in, in in the feel of this music
0: exactly okay best place we can find information on you to purchase your cd and learn more about you where can we go
5: yeah, the CDs on Amazon and and uh, iTunes. You could, you can download it, um, and uh, and you know people could uh, find out more about what I'm doing on my uh, Facebook page, the music page under Don Most, or Twitter at uh, Most underscore Don, and my website Most dot com. So um, yeah, well, I encourage people to to check out uh some of the songs on itunes they could you know sample it and and uh the most mostly swinging and it and it the the band swings for sure and and uh, i think i'm right there in the pocket with them
0: all right awesome donnie thanks for calling appreciate you coming on take care. Oh,
5: my pleasure thanks thanks for having me
0: you're welcome donnie bye-bye you're listening to the neil haley show and we'll be back in just a moment we're back, the Neil Haley Show, on the Total Celebrity segment, and my guest, I just love Happy Days. Talked about. I've gotten to talk to a lot of the cast now and uh, and get to catch up with them a few times, so I'm excited to welcome to the program Donnie Most. We all remember him as Ralph Mouth. Donnie, thanks for calling, and uh, Happy Days, you just love your fans, don't you? Especially the years and years and everyone coming up to you to uh, fond memories of Happy Days, right?
5: Oh, I, I sure do. Um, and, and communicating with them sometimes, you know, in social media, um, it's, it's great to, you know, hear the kind of uh, the, the response that I get from people. Uh, they have such um, emotional uh, ties to it. I guess, you know, d- during periods of when they were growing up and going through things and people will say, oh, you they helped me get through so many tough times or I was going through uh, a recovery from... Some illness, and 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 I would laugh watching the show, and you know, I mean, those kinds of. And then, of course, just people who just love the show, and 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 are so excited to get to to talk and meet. So, um, I, I appreciate that so. I I think uh, I i just appreciate it almost more now than when I was younger because it was it was hard to comprehend why how these people, you know, like you're doing this show in uh, in this insulated sound stage, and it's hard to comprehend that how many people it's reaching, you know?
0: that's the cool thing yeah it, through, through syndication and getting it out there and social media and getting it to the fans and so many aspects Donnie it's awesome I mean it's something that I, I could not uh, I guess the dream would be a TV opportunity at one point of how I built myself independently but I, I appreciate the plug and these, these things when you do these radio tours and getting to continue to reach out to fans of Happy Days but why is there not shows like Happy Days anymore because I, I grew up watching it it was such an, an inspiring show it was funny it was. It had great stories, and also the characters we really grew to love. It's too bad we don't have these shows anymore.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know.
5: It's a good question. People ask me that uh, and, and say, you know, it was a kind of show that you could watch with the whole family and sometimes several generations, you know, grandparents and, and all the way down to their grandkids. And, um, you know, I think the fact... That it it took place in the fifties, and at the time uh, we were doing it was in the seventies, so it was a nostalgic look at a period. Um, but yet, it, then it became more than that because of the characters and 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 people you know just loved uh, loved all the characters and and the, we had great writers and and our director Jerry Paris, who uh, and Gary Marshall, our exec producer, you know. So it was just a, one of those fortuitous, uh, you know, sort of lightning in a bottle of bringing the right people together at the right time. And it's hard to, it's hard to explain
0: it. We have to introduce Donnie, the millennials to the ha- happy days, meaning Netflix. I'm just bringing up a plug. You guys have to pick this up, meaning, you know, we've uh, when all through my time, Donnie, it was on, you know, for certain amount of years. I, I'm sure yeah. I could still find it on some TV network, but it used to be on all the time, you know, prime time for years yeah. and years. Netflix, because of our new generation of kids, they all uh, you know binge watch. I guarantee they would love this show. So come on, Netflix, pick it up, put it on the stream, and get kids to see what really family life should be and stories and things that happen in Happy Days and how so many of your parents grew up this way, watching this. Yeah, yeah, that
5: would be cool if Netflix picked it up. Um, you know, it's been on MeTV a lot. Um, uh, and maybe Hulu possibly, but, uh, I,
1: I, I like your idea. <laughs> I hope they, I hope they pick up
0: on that. Yeah. It's, it's just putting on and then watch the Watch this. It's so funny. Certain shows they talk about like the office, like, Oh, I never watched it on TV. These millennials tell me, and I'm like, but I, I stream it and binge watch it. I'm like, that's what we have to watch out for. So Donnie, that's where we're all battling now is the new era of, 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 I guess, uh, the way we get our name out there has changed so much because of things like these streaming services. So, Donnie, tell us about your music again. You uh, have continued... This music lives on, Donnie, doesn't it? And your new album, tell us about it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
5: I've always loved the, this kind of music, which is the, you know, the, the great standard, the great American songbook, and especially for me with a, with a jazz uh, approach. Uh, you know, swing and big band and jump blues and, and you know that really fun, infectious sound, uh, and that at times can be uh, electric uh, when it's done right. And 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 I've been lucky to work with some great musicians and, and arrangers, and and one in particular who did my CD, a guy named Willie Murillo, who's a major talent, and 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 he put together an amazing a bunch of L.A. jazz-based musicians, and it's called uh, Mostly Swinging, and, you know, I'm doing a lot of the wonderful, wonderful songs of of that period, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and and it swings. It, it, this band cooks, and, and, and it's music that I, you know, and I was doing this when I was, I was a singer before I was an actor, so it's not like, oh, it's a novelty thing for me. This was a passion of mine, and and um, I'm just having a blast doing it.
0: Absolutely, Donnie. And let's kind of go into also the album, but you're touring as well. Some new places you're going to be going so people can see you live. Where, where are you going to be uh, heading yeah. out to?
5: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, um, on June 9th, uh, if you're anywhere in Southern Cal, I'm going to be at uh, Catalina's Jazz Club. Um, it's a great, uh, great club in, in L.A., in the Hollywood area. June 9th, Uh, June 15th, I'm going to be down in Orlando at Full Sail Live, a great venue. And uh, I'm going to be with the Orlando Jazz Orchestra, 17-piece band, swinging. And um, it's Father's Day weekend, and some of the proceeds will benefit the Michael J. Fox Foundation. So that's a great event, uh, June 15th in Orlando. And then on June 28th, I'll be in the Phoenix area at a, a a venue great venue called BLK and that's in Phoenix. Uh, I also have, Oh, if you're in Bay city, Michigan in August, August 15th, I'll be performing there as well. So, um, and people could check out, uh, my website, uh, Donnie com, uh, under the calendar and it'll have, uh, hopefully I'll, i remember to update it. <laughs> it'll have all this info.
0: Donnie, that's fantastic. And, uh, all on, and what, and your goals now, Will there be another reunion? Will you guys have an opportunity to ever have a reunion, Happy Days? Do you hope that that happens, a TV reunion in some way? I hope it does because of just how successful every yeah, one of you that's guys a, that's have
5: been. A good, that's a good question because, you know, we've had, uh, over the years, we've had several of those. Uh, we had one in the 90s. It was televised on ABC. And we had another one in 2000, uh, oh gosh, like seven or uh, somewhere around there also televised on ABC. So to have another one, um, well, who who knows? You know, uh, it, it could happen. You know, unfortunately, some of our cast is no longer with us. Uh, but, uh, but whoever is, uh, you know, I mean, people are busy. Ron Howard is sort of a busy fellow uh, with his movie Solo coming out, and Henry's on... Um, a, a new show on HBO called, uh, Barry with Bill Hader. Um, and, and Marion's got a book out now and everyone's busy and, and I'm doing this and I, I leave today for Michigan. I start shooting a movie, uh, called MBF man's best friend. Um, uh, really cool, a, a, a great project and, uh, art that I'm looking forward to doing. So everyone's busy and it, it might be tough, But uh, you never say never. Uh, We'll see.
0: Well, Donnie, thanks for calling. Let's hope all these things continue. Continued success for the whole family and happy days and continued success for you, Donnie. Thanks again for calling. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment.